I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome to the MLS Fantasy Insider, our Western Conference preview episode, first episode of the 2021 MLS Fantasy season. That's right, folks. We have made it. This episode is brought to you by the 2021 front runner for the new signing of the year, kickoff timer notifications. Uh, oh, wait, no, no, no. Maybe yes? No, no. Uh, actually brought to you by the amazing Patreon supporters of the MLS Fantasy Insider and MLSFantasyBoss.com. Thank you so much for everybody who has continued to be a supporter during this offseason. We have some great things in mind, and we're going to be talking about those right now. But first, I'd like to say I'm your host, Reed Connolly, from MLSFantasyBoss.com. And as many of our returning listeners know... Uh, our dear friend Michael Denton uh, stepped down as co-host at the end of last season. So tonight I am joined by returning co-host, Mr. Blaine Riffle, and our new co-host, Ashley Savage. Woo! Hi. Uh, so I'm going to give, hey, Mike is in chat. Oh my gosh, Mike. He's gracing us with his comments. He is. He is. Oh, um, you should read his comment. Oh. Looks a lot better than last year. Yes, Mike does look a lot better than last year, <laughs> doesn't he? Um, so uh, for those of you who have listened, you know that Ashley has been on the show with us several times. Uh, she is from Seattle. If you could not tell from her screen right now, for those of you listening to us on SoundCloud or your favorite podcast platform, uh, there are some awesome scarves in the background that Ashley has and some great sounders paraphernalia as well. Uh, but Ashley is uh, currently a writer for Switch the Pitch and has a long history in the fantasy game. I will stop talking now and give Ashley just a couple of minutes to give a little introduction for herself. Yeah, first of all, thank you guys so much for asking me to do this. It's so exciting to get to be here on a weekly basis and, and you know, make these predictions with you guys and all that stuff. So, yeah, I got introduced to this through my husband, Spencer. Um, he spent an entire year living in Alaska and did nothing but watch every single game and play fantasy. Um, and so when we started dating, he was not only good at it, but into it. And so it was one of the first things we kind of started to do together. Um, it helped me learn so much more about MLS and that's helped me a lot with switch the pitch too, is fantasies made me feel like I know a little bit about every team, maybe not enough, but a little, right. Um, and so, yeah, we just got into it together. We play with another couple in this, that's a, that are Seattle fans, Sounders fans too, um, in a really competitive husband-wife league. Uh, I've only won that league once because my friend Andrea is the reign supreme, but the husbands have never won, and that's the stat we like to keep keep going. Um, but, yeah, it's just been so fun to, to interact with people who play all across the country and, you know, learn so much more about the game through these stats. It's just, you know, I've been playing for six seasons now, I think, um, and have been lucky enough to get top 100 every time. 
So I'm, tr- I'm aiming for that top 50 this year. Maybe being on the show will help, but maybe not. I don't know. But thank you guys so much for, for just letting me be a part of this. I'm so excited. Of course, we are happy to have you. Um, yeah, no, that's that's great. We've had already have some questions coming in through chat. So keep those in mind, guys. We'll get to that just as soon as we finish all these basic housekeeping things uh, during our our preview section for sure. Uh, for those of you who may be listening or watching for the first time, I just want to emphasize that this is uh, an insider podcast, so it may sound like it's for the pros, but our whole point, just like Ashley was saying, is we try to make the fantasy game approachable to all the new players, but still provide information for veterans of the MLS fantasy game or other fantasy games as well. So we're going to be having more content over at MLSFantasyBoss.com. And that's one of the big reasons why we do this preview episode as well is we're trying to help people who don't always follow the entire league, which let's be honest, is most people uh, just have an idea of at least some of the, the go-to fantasy options when you're first building your teams. Just so some of these names are going to be familiar to you. We may not hit everybody. We probably won't hit all the sleeper picks, but we're trying to give you just a little advantage or at least a heads up when you're trying to make your first team. So if you're new and listening to this for the first time, welcome. Thank you so much. This is exactly where you should be. This is a fantastic community to be a part of, and I'm happy that you joined us right now. Uh, this is just leading right into uh, my first little general plug section here for general announcements. Since we have no week to recap yet, um, of course, we have a Patreon over at patreon.com slash MLSFI. It's a way for the listeners of this show to directly support us as uh, content creators. And just so you know, I mean, it's it's pretty basic. We've had uh, uh, some good support and, and great members over the years. We do what we can. Uh, we have exclusive an exclusive Patreon-only members league. Uh, we always have an experts league that Patreon members get to join and just a, a free-for-all league just for our patrons. And that league is a prize league. And I'm proud to say that MLS Fantasy Insider, MLS Fantasy Boss, basically the three main leagues that I run, I'm proud to say that we have given prizes individual separate from MLS for the past at least three years. Uh, so we try to do that. We try to be... Um, just generous. And that's part of what helping support the show helps us do is you help us get, get prizes, help us get swag as well. Uh, and the prizes for our league, it's, it's gift cards. So it's cash money for the MLS shop. So it's great things there. Um, the prizes are still going to be the gift cards, the swag that I'm in the works on getting. Uh, so last year we had drawstring bags and uh, we had stickers. Stickers are coming back. I still have drawstring bags if people do want those, but this year we're, um, sort of honoring or acknowledging everything that happened last year with COVID. And we're going to be having face masks and gator masks that we're going to be logoed for MLS Fancy Insider. Uh, I know that many of us are getting shots now and many of us are returning to work and just returning to life as normal. But some of this stuff is still going to be around forever. I know I, I work at a place where it's a university. And so there's always when students come back, people get sick. So I'm going to keep wearing masks during certain times of the year. And if I can have an MLS Fancy Insider mask, yeah, that's awesome. Plus, when you're at your stadium, you can wear your cool mask. People are like, what is that? And you're like, listen to this podcast. And it's fantastic. Uh, so that's what our plan is. We're going to have the stickers. We're going to have the mask. And then for those in the top tier, you can see in the background of Blaine that uh, he has a little cool mini soccer ball. 
Uh, those are going to go to our top tier patrons again. Uh, caveat, as long as the supplier still has enough. Uh, but yeah, we'll send these little mini soccer balls acknowledging uh, you as one of our top patrons, as well as the ability for you to come on to a show and uh, and spend some time with us. So uh, we'd like to get involved, but that's that's uh, the Patreon for MLS Fantasy Insider. We also have a Discord channel. This is the MLS Fantasy Boss Discord channel. Uh, it has a lot of former champions, top 10 guys as well. Just a great community, great players where people love to talk. Older Goaler is the king of Discord. He is a Discord manager. He is amazing. Uh, he has little fun side games that happen there with sort of team theme weeks, like bearded players only or only Argentinians. Uh, but he's also going to do things. We've got the best players, best advice, and the best laughs of any fantasy side on discord and he's working on some upgrades so you can easily find the discord channel by heading over to mlsfantasyboss.com it's right there in the sidebar and uh, you can get involved that way we also have a subreddit r slash fantasy mls i'll be honest it's not as active since we've really gotten into discord but we still have a weekly rant thread there we have a questions thread there for all of the podcasts there are other little tidbits rate my teams can be put there so it's it's a nice little place to still be involved with, uh, with the community for those people who may not choose to or want to be involved with, with Discord. Uh, and so finally, what can you expect from the MLS Fantasy Boss slash MLS Fantasy Insider team for 2021? Because 2020 was crazy. We didn't do a lot for, for reasons that we all know, the year of COVID. Uh, but we're going to be returning back with my ELO-based uh, rankings, uh, power rankings and predictions. Uh, we're going to be trying to launch a new YouTube version of our captain's articles so trying to make that uh, i thought that would be a little cool and uh, we're also going to be having charts this season i'm working on getting uh, my friend fripp uh, at fantasy season uh, to come and share some of his charts he's making them already and i think that would just uh, i'll be honest i have a five-month-old so if it saves me some time i'm all about it uh, we had the podcast is going to be linked on the website and i believe blaine is working on a special switcheroo article is that right blaine yeah, I think we're going to uh, revive Jason's old punt uh, um, idea into more of a switcheroo type of thing, grab some of the lesser known players and get those out there and just kind of run with more of a punts idea, but tailor it towards the modern game. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, that's that's the plan for uh, for 2021. And I hope you guys like it. I'm excited to be back, excited to have you on board, excited to have Ashley with us this year. So uh, it's going to be a great year, and let's move right on now. Normally, this is our housekeeping section, but again, no games, so no double game weeks, no buys, no switcheroos. Uh, if you're new, that'll make sense to you very soon. What we are going to say for the housekeeping is the 2021 schedule is out. If you haven't seen it, head over to MLSsoccer.com. Uh, not now because you're watching the podcast or you're listening. Uh, but check it out later. Uh, we have seen it. I've started to make my usual fantasy chart that I will post. Uh, my hope is later this week uh, to have out there for at least the first 16, 17 weeks uh, of, of fantasy. So you can sort of see how all that's going to flow. But let's get just your quick early reactions to the fantasy season, Blaine. Yeah, I'm really excited for the fantasy season to be starting. Um Everything on your schedule that you sent us, Reed, that I know you're going to be putting out for everybody else here soon, it looks good. The rounds look great. The double game weeks that we can see out there all line up pretty well. My only complaint is more just with the structural thing in MLS. What's the deal with only one to three um, interconference games? 
Like that's yeah. that's my big complaint. It it's destroying the parody of the league. I mean, I know I'll let Ashley rant about the draw that Seattle got, but I mean, <laughs> Kansas City starts the season with Red Bulls and Orlando, and then we get Chicago in September. And that's our three. We get three interconference games, so good for us. LAFC has one, and I think it's Atlanta coming into LA. Yeah. Like, like okay, I'll I'll gladly play Red Bull in Chicago over playing LAFC <laughs> or Seattle in extra time. But mm-hmm. if Joseph Martinez is back like we hope he is, LAFC got a hor- could get a really bad draw on that one. So that really bothers me. And what we've noticed is, looking through this is it's kind of holding true to the regional thing we saw last year. And you may or may not like that, but I know, I think Kansas city's in with Colorado, RSL, Houston, Dallas, and Minnesota. And we're going to play each of those teams three times. Yeah. And every team's got their own pool. So if you're in a good pool, that's great. You might, if you're one of those top teams in your pool, that's great for you. You get an extra weaker game. If you're in a, bad pool where you're always playing up like i feel bad for san jose they're kind of the low man on the totem pole at times and if they're in a pool with uh portland and seattle and la and la like those are always hotly contested games regardless of who's good or bad any given year like it just it that bothers me i don't i like parody in the league but i'm the guy that said they should have capped at 20 and you play every other team twice and that's it like there's none of this east west it's i wanted a single table league but so I come from that background. I don't like the way MLS has done the schedule. I think the schedule is going to be fine for fantasy, but I'm not a fan of this, and I think it is going to affect some of the fantasy points we can get here. Ashley, anything to add? Um, yeah, I mean, I think the obvious thing is COVID and travel, right? I mean, that's the, I don't know if they've come out and said that that's why, but that's clearly why. Um, but I agree with you, you know, that the bubble aspect, it makes it difficult we saw how it was when we did project restart with the west and it was just i mean seattle like you said we played lafc galaxy timbers over and over and over again and that's not exactly fair to you know some of the eastern conference teams that were just fighting for bottom of the very bottom of the table not even like playoff table um just playing each other over and over again so i get it i get the reasoning behind it i think it's I would rather them phase in like this and not have to shut down than go all out and, and watch teams sit out like Colorado did and all those things, you know, because when we came down to playoffs last year, the points per game coming into play just felt insane. And I mean, I got it. Like it, it was the most logistical thing to do, but I, I would rather see every team legitimately earn a spot. Um, and not have that shutdown again. So, you know, I agree with you, Blaine. I don't love it, um, but I get the reasoning behind it. I love this chaotic summer that they rolled out, though. Like that, if you, I know not everybody's looking at what we're looking at, but when you look at those summer weeks, those doubles, and that's insane. I mean, that is make or break your season for fantasy. For Do you know what I mean? Like the, the possibilities in, in that stretch of time are crazy, not just for teams, but for fantasy. So I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see what this looks like, like you said, with the lack of parity. But, you know, I, I get it. I'm, I'm excited to have a real schedule, right? It's, it's real season. So let's do it. 
Sure. Uh, it doesn't bother me as much. Uh, I'm totally on board with moving to some sort of a conference system where where things can happen, I guess, more like hand egg, more, more like American football, that, that that's going to be uh, sort of thing. I'm okay with that. Uh, I, I'm not, I mean, I get it, the table, two games away home, whatever. Uh, there's just so many teams now and the travel's crazy, which I will say, uh, Ron Bodie mentioned in chat that I wanted to know how we thought a same day travel with charters was going to affect. And, and I'll just, I think I speak for all of us. I think that's huge, Ron, uh, for everybody listening. Still having those charters available for the MLS teams is really going to help with, uh, with tired legs and, and double game weeks. If we have a good chunk in the middle of the season, that's, that's a huge difference when you're looking at uh, EPL, which I know a lot of us play, the travel time is not anywhere as near as, okay, I'm going to fly from, new england yeah. over to vancouver i mean it's it's some yeah. ridiculous travel times that people have to take and those charters are going to help uh, i think this could be a season where travel time especially with some of this regionalism they have may not be as big of a factor as others uh, a couple of fancy things i will just tease for everyone when you see this uh, welcome all the austin fellas i know some of you all uh guys and gals were watching and listening to us last year uh your first seven rounds are all away games that sucks. Um, yep. I will talk more about your team later, I hope, um, but that yeah. absolutely sucks. I hope your stadium is finished ahead of schedule. Sorry. Uh, that's that's pretty rough. Uh, but there are, then you also have Nashville, who of their first five games, the first four are home. And then after the next five games, they have two more home games and away game and then a double home week where they're both home. Holy cow, Nashville. Yep. We'll talk about that next week with our East Conference preview, but I am liking what I'm seeing with Nashville. Uh, another two things I'll point out before we move on. Uh, there are going to be a lot of buy rounds this season because we have an uneven even number of teams with 37. So that'll be great opportunities for switcheroos. Keep an eye out for those. Uh, many of the times we won't have buy weeks are going to be when there are big double game weeks, which there are a lot of them uh, within these first 15 weeks of the season. So uh, that's going to be a good time to capitalize. Uh, but I will mention we have a preview of some of the, the rules for the 2021 season. And um, I can tell you that we are going to be having the, the 2020 double game week system for the 2021 season, which means that you will get the highest score of the two double game weeks. So I love this system. Uh, I think it makes single game week players much more viable during a double game week. That makes you have to think hard about what you're playing for. But uh, for the 2021 season, we will have the 2020 version of the double game week scoring system of the highest points only. Uh, other changes that we're going to mention is, uh, this was a huge feedback from the community. We are returning to moving roster values, variable roster values. What I mean by that, uh, this is a la 2018-19 MLS Fantasy, but pretty much what you're familiar with if you if you play EPL or another system. Your budget will change up or down based on how well your players do during the season. So uh, we will no longer also have a fixed $100 million budget. Uh, the budget value will increase and decrease with players connected with that. As far as uh, the max changes go, the uh, max player price change was at 1 million points up or down last year. We're going back to a, a 0.5, a 500,000 change for 2021. Uh, so that, yes, that's right, Ryan, build your value is back. <laughs> we'll talk about that in probably a week or two. 
Um, we are also going to have a return of the Fantasy Champions League. Now, I don't have any more details about that. Uh, I don't know anything about prizes. I don't know anything about the breakdown. But for those of you who are new or maybe just played last year and need a refresher, the Champions League was a, a special tournament at the end of the season for the last – it was four weeks last year. It might be a little bit more this time. Uh, but basically the first part of the year was divided up into four mini-seasons uh, and – there was a separate table, separate overall rankings collected for each of those seasons. And the top 50, top 100 people from each of these little mini seasons were added into a special tournament just for the final part. There were still an overall bracket. Your points did not reset. It was just a cool, fun little side tournament for just the best players mm -hmm. during each of the chunks. So that's how it worked last year. I don't know the exact details for 2021, but we are having a Champions League. And I think that's fun. It really makes me remember yeah. back. I'm so old. It makes me think back to like 2013, 2014, when we still had a an MLS Cup version of fantasy where your teams got weeded down to fewer and fewer players, but you could have more and more players from each team. So it just kind of keeps something special going on at the end of the yeah. season. I like that a lot. So those are the changes. Those are some early thoughts about the schedule. Oh, also, I feel super bad for Vancouver, who has four double game weeks in a row. That's that's brutal. But it's Vancouver. <laughs> I know. I mean, yeah, it's it's Vancouver. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Vancouver. All right. So we won't keep too much time because I know all of you are here tonight for the preview of the Western Conference. What we're doing is we're going to break this down team by team. Um, probably going to go over our hour-ish mark tonight, but we're going to try to keep it tight when we can. Uh, we're going to go down for each team in the Western Conference. We're going to give you the players to watch. I know for me, it's just, just a few players there. And then we're also, as a fun fantasy thing, we're going to tell you if for this team, we think you should play Fade or Switcheroo for, in general for their players. So I thought that was fun. I thought it was clever. I hope you guys enjoy it as well. Okay. But I need, a, I need a drink before we do this because I have been talking a lot. Not, and I'm not used to it. Talking a lot and not used to it. Okay, Western Conference. We're going to kick things off at the top with Austin FC. I won't say too much because uh, we have a lot of people who are helping us with the Fantasy Primer Project this year. Uh, real fans who are writing about their teams. And I don't want to steal the thunder from, uh, from any of these guys, especially since we have... Uh, Chris, who's an awesome fan, who's writing for us. So that's awesome to see, see you guys already involved in, in fantasy. But I will go ahead and mention some people who, who I'm particularly looking at. Uh, the first one for fantasy to watch, I think, is going to be the 25-year-old Argentinian number 10 playmaker, uh, Tomas uh, Pocatino. That's right. I've been practicing my names, people. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Tomas Pocatino uh, has has some great stats. He has some great potential. 25 years old is is not bad at all for an MLS player. Um, well, not their first DP, but one of their DP signings. So I think he'll be a great one to keep an eye on. 27-year-old uh, Paraguayan. I believe this was the first DP signing for Austin. But Celio uh, Domingue uh, is going to be a, a winger. He's 26 years old, uh, which again, I, I think that's a good age for MLS. He's got some good sc goal scoring uh, pedigree coming from his, his previous teams. I mean, I think he was also picked from the Argentinian league as well. He's from Paraguay, but I believe he was playing in the Argentinian league, which MLS has been very good at grabbing some great guys from. Uh, Ashley, you know about you know about that mm -hmm. up in uh, 
up in Cascadia. Uh, then yeah, I'll, also, <laughs> I'll also say that uh, former San Jose forward Danny Hosen has gone over to Austin, and he didn't get a lot of playtime in 2020. I think he only got 11 points. Uh, but in 2019, he scored 90 points. He had more action. And I know some people are hot and cold on him, but uh, he's done decently for them during, or he's done pretty well, not just decent. He's done pretty well mm -hmm. during preseason. So I think there's some opportunity there, someone to keep an eye on. And then on defense, Austin did what I wish Cincinnati had done. And what I think is the key <laughs> to success for expansion teams in MLS. They have a core defense of MLS players. They've got Nick Lima back there. They've got Matt Beasley back there. And I think the, these are, these are quality guys. I love Lima. He's my favorite of the ones mm -hmm. back there right now is Nick Lima. Ben Sweat, right? Yeah, Ben Sweat is back there as well. I mean, these are these are core guys that understand the league, understand the players, and I think that tends to give people a leg up um, when they're coming into the league as an expansion team. Uh, so they have a solid defense. I don't know if they're going to be setting any records or doing anything, but, but I like it when I see it. So in general, because of all this, I'm saying when it comes to Austin that they are a switcheroo team. And, and for me, that is just because I tend to be a little cautious when I'm – coming into some of these new teams, expansion teams, I want to see something for from these guys before I I go all in with them. But based on the pedigree these guys bring, uh, I think that they'd be great switcheroo options. If you're new to the fancy game, a switcheroo is just a, an advanced tactic. Head over to MLSFancyBoss.com. You, uh, you can see a video about that. But it's a way to get points off your bench based on the substitutions you use. And I think these guys are, are good options for that. Blaine Ashley, anybody want to add? Uh, I feel obligated as the stand-in mic to reference Ring here. Sure. Uh, no, good um, point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as, I, as I think he would. Um, I mean, that signing was was crazy to me. Um, I, I, it was one that when you read it, you think you read it wrong. It's so smart for Austin. Um, I think that that should be a big, uh, you know, indicator for them. My other thing on top of what, what you said, Reed, is that I, a lot of people slept on Nashville last season and it was a, sure. it was a tough year to be your inaugural year. It, but from a fantasy perspective, that defense gave shutouts when no one expected them to, yep. they couldn't produce consistently off offensively. Um, but I don't know if Tarbell is the same, you know, leader in the back um, for as, as Nashville has, but if he is, then you could see a lot of that coming out of that expansion side too, with that defensive line that you mentioned. So I'm hesitantly also looking at them as a switcheroo team, but I think they might surprise some people. The one thing I will say about ring, and this is, I, I thought about this, but I didn't put it in my notes. The one thing I will say about ring is he had some great point production in 2019 and mm -hmm. 20. I think I didn't look at, I didn't look at his numbers, but if he is, going to be playing as a D mid and is not going to get up as much for, yeah. uh, for Austin. I like him much less. I totally, I, I mean, I danced around this a lot last year. I'm just going to say it, say it this year. Defensive midfielders are garbage in fantasy. <laughs> I'll say it again. Defensive midfielders are garbage for MLS fantasy. You may get some points from them sometimes, especially with the double game change rule. You might get they're they're high floor people. They're not going to give you the boom and bust. And I just think for especially some of their pricing, they're garbage. So if Ring is playing defensive mid, I don't want him. I don't want him at all. Yeah. Again, that's why switch Rue option to see how they play. Totally. Yeah. Reed, I'm going to disagree with what you said earlier in the show. Oh. 
I I don't feel sorry for Austin playing all their games on the road. And fantasy, <laughs> managers, and, and fantasy managers shouldn't either. Um, this is a team in your game. Uh, this is a fade early until we see that homestand k- kick in. Yeah, for sure. Uh, see what's going on. And then it's kind of a player switcheroo depending on what you see there. I agree that I agree with Ashley. I think this is a team that's building more like Nashville. I think if they can, if they've got that together and these guys gel quickly, they're a good one to probably start playing sooner rather than later. But in in MLS history, uh, teams that open a stadium and start with long road stretches tend to do very well down the stretch. You get a lot of home games. So while some people say starting at home is or starting on the road this long is really bad. Um, this could actually be really good and give them a late season surge into the playoffs if yep. that's the caliber they have. Definitely. So I don't feel sorry for any team doing that. Get these road games out of the way. You, if you look at their schedule, it's a bunch of tough games. They're getting LAFC and Kansas City and I think Portland and Seattle all out of the way on the road right there. Like that is huge. Just take your losses, get out of there. And I speak from experience. Sporting was one of those in 2011 that played 10 or 11 home games on the road or opening games on the road. They've, I think they finished that run with four points and were first or second in Eastern Conference at the end of the season with the homestand. So I, I'm a firm believer that taking these games on the road to start the season is actually probably the best thing for one of these teams. All right, Blaine, keep us going, and let's hear about Colorado. Oh, Colorado. Um, yes, sorry. Lily travels. Um, oh, Lily. Oh, that was my wife asking if Lily had her nighttime medicine, and yes, she has. Oh. I tried to get everything done before the podcast, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Colorado. Colorado is one of those interesting teams. I I don't know what to make of this roster. They lost some, they lost some names. They've they've lost a few guys, but that defense, man, that defense is is stout. Mm-hmm. And Jack Price covering for them too. Um, there's so many names there that I just I want to grab that. Uh, what we've got trusty we've got rosenberry we've got a bubacar in there um drew moore is still around um courtney ford should be healthy and he was one of these those promising young guys yeah. uh steven Betashore is over there now like yeah. this defense is loaded and yeah. and i love it um but I, I i like the attacking names we've got but i see a bunch of streaky guys in there too and I know the article that's going to come out on Colorado is going to answer more questions than I ever could. Um, because I'm pretty sure that that's Matt Pollard writing that one for us. And he is fantastic. So we will get, yep. he will, he will steer you, steer you in the right direction. I just have questions. Michael Berrios is hit or miss when he's on, he is lightning, but when he's not, he's just, he's almost non-existent. Uh, Jonathan Lewis is one of those young guys that I hope can step up. Diego Rubio is a guy who can, who could easily score 15 or 20 goals in a season, or he could have a three goal season. Like it's just, it, it, there's so much here. So play fade or switcheroo. Um, you're between that play and switcheroo for your defenders. I kind of lean towards play. I like Abubakar. I like the bonus points that the, this team can give you. So I'm thinking play on the defensive side, but fade the attack until you see what they're doing. Maybe switcheroo if you like one or two of those guys and they usually hit for you. But I don't know that I've ever had Michael Berrios hit for me. So he's definitely a fade for me. <laughs> yes, I have a, I have a very uh, hot and cold relationship with, with Barrios uh, going back several years of always having him at the wrong time. So yeah, yeah. sure. Anything to add, Ashley? Um, I see, 
I when that Barrios trade happened, it really intrigued me. Literally from a fantasy perspective, I don't I, I don't care right as a as a MLS fan because it's just going from Dallas to Colorado, so it's the same for me. But I couldn't agree more. That back line is solid, and the depth of that back line is insane. Um, but they don't have a real striker, and that's not a, a diss to Diego Rubio and, and Shinaziki, but um, I, I don't know. I am really intrigued by that midfield. I'm just interested to see who scores, and I think that they could end up being a version of Dallas last year, well, the last couple of years of, did you pick the right person this week? So um, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, I'm, I'm going to switcheroo them. I think that's, that's something I kind of like to do with the switcheroo, right? Is pick someone that I think might hit and not just cheap or has a good matchup. So Colorado for me is going to be a pay attention to switcheroo type of offense, but definitely buy with that defense. Yeah, I agree. I missed it if you talk about this because I was looking at chat. Uh, I would throw Acosta on that list as well as someone to keep an eye on yeah, as a go-to fantasy. Uh, but no, I totally agree. I'd play a defender or switcheroo defender easily from Colorado with Abubakar yeah. and Rosenberry being my top three. Ashley, you mentioned Dallas. Let's hear more yeah. about them. Dallas is... Uh, we were watching the men's national team the other day, the other day and it was so funny because Spencer said how many of these kids came from the Dallas Academy system? And it was like three. You know, like it, it's Amazing to me what that organization pumps out, and it's impossible for me to know who's going to be good when I watch them. Um, so it's a tough one for me. They have another really strong defense, um, a lot like Colorado, just starting with the middle and working out. Um, Hollingshead has jumped out for so many years as a fantasy standout. Last year was really good for him. Um, he's one of those tricky guys that he'll play as a midi, sometimes even an attacking midi. I watched, a, you know, there were a couple games last year where he was in a front three, but he's listed as a defender. I think that's his probably most likely position for the season. So um, it's it'll be interesting to see, you know, how he stands out. Um, and then it looks like, and again, I'm sure we have someone that will cover this better than I will, uh, that Tessman should get four minutes this year. Um, I know they lost that game the other day, but when he came in for the men's youth national team, he made an impact right away. He was really fun to watch in the playoffs last year. Um, against Portland, he did quite well. I think he might be a sleeper pick. Um, he's someone I'm kind of looking at maybe as a, as a switcher. I could be completely wrong. You know, they might not start him. But uh, from what I saw of him last year in playoffs and the way they've talked about him in the offseason, I think he could be great. And then Paxton Pomacal, uh, you know, and, and Yara, it's just going to be interesting to see how much they play. Um, Pomichel was hurt all of last season and the season before was when he popped. So, um, you know, I am kind of fading in general. If I had to categorize the whole team, I would say fade just to see what's going to work. Um, cause they kind of have a lot of positive moving pieces with a bunch of names in between where you're just not sure what you're going to get yet. Um, so there's aspects of them that I like. Um, but, you know, health and fitness is a big question for some of these guys. I don't know how much longer Matt Hedges is going to be the dominant force that he has been. Um, so, you know, maybe this is the season he drops off. Probably not. He's just like never ending. So, yeah, for, for me, FC Dallas in the league that they're in and the teams or division that they're in and the games they're going to play is a temporary fade. But there's some fun names on that list that you could start to pull from in the first couple of weeks, too. 
Yeah, great points. Uh, as a recap for Hollingshead, he had 113 points last year, including four goals, one assist, five clean sheets. So that is a fantastic. In 16 winner. games, right? Uh, 19 yeah. games. 19 okay. Games. That might include playoffs, but um, yeah, he had that. And uh, what I've heard about Pomichol is that they're hopeful for him to be to be back and fit, so we could get more for 2019 Pomichol than a 20 Pomichol. Yeah. yeah, great pickups. Anything to add, yep. Blaine? Uh, this team is young. If yeah. you look at yeah. it, they've got a few guys that are 30-ish, all hovering around 30, <laughs> and then everybody else is 23 or under. Like yeah. This team is incredibly young, which is why I would say fade this team as a whole. I think you're going to see a lot of streaky and consistent play this year as a lot of the guys are going to be learning the ropes. I know they've got some some experience. Ferreira and Pomacall have played some significant minutes in MLS, although Ferreira didn't play as much last year. Um, but it is so hard to bank on a team like this, and especially on a team that we've kind of learned to love them as a defensive powerhouse because of Matt Hedges yeah. um, and Hollingshead going forward. But how much is that defense going to change with Rito Ziegler gone? And yeah. I'm, I am worried about that. One of the key aspects on uh, of a guy like Hollingshead is having a partner in the back center back wing back partnership that will cover when you when you uh roam forward and if hollingshead is tasked with staying home more there goes his fantasy points i don't know that they will do that i just i worry about how this team is going to adjust to losing so, some key names from the from the squad and how the young guys are going to adjust because we're looking at having a couple of starters that were on the u23 team this yeah. year like that's uh, that's a tall ta tall task for any any young player and i just uh I, so i i kind of agree fade them and other than uh frank o'hara i think it's fade everybody to start the season wow old claim i'd be willing for a switcher we'll see yeah yeah okay moving on next to houston houston's had a busy yeah. off season uh biggest of course is uh maro minotas has been sold so they got some cash money for that um yeah houston is has been busy uh they brought in uh maxi rudy from montreal for it up there uh, he had a rough time in in montreal i'd say there were often times where he he popped up on the score sheet and i did not expect him to be there and he'd get a good week so he is not a bad player but he also had a lot of uh, missed opportunities and clubs. So kind of the hot and cold guy could be a depth pick for Houston, but he's the one I definitely keep an eye on. They still have Darren Quintero, 135 points last year in 2020. They still have Mimo Rodriguez, who we have been talking about for what, three years now, Blaine? Um, yeah. He got 81 points in 2020. Uh, they've added Tim Parker on defense with 71 points in 2020. They still have Figueroa, who got 90 points in 2020. Um, I, I like Houston better this year fantasy-wise than I did last year. There was a lot of inconsistencies. My biggest problem with Houston has always been there are so many guys who can get these points that they share the points. Like what Quintero will get an assist and Memo will get a goal and the next week it'll be flopped or Memo won't get it at all. I, it, there's so much because they have a lot of good players and that's great for Houston. Frustrating from a fantasy point of view is there not some consistency there. Um, and with their defenders, well, I tend to shy away from Houston with defenders. They could be better. They might be expensive. So that's the only bad side. And they have typically not been worth the price the past few years. So uh, I'm going to call this a switcheroo team. For me, 
Uh, they seem to have addressed the defensive problems, but I need to see it to really believe in it going forward. And uh, like I said, the attack has always been share points. So I would, I want to say never go with two Houston attackers just because I, I feel like I'm just trying to scatter shoot to hope I get somebody. Like I just tend to go with one and that's going to be it because I feel like you can do better diversify, but it's just hard to pick that guy. Yeah. And to add Ashley Blaine. You forgot one big name, Tim, Timmy Parker. Timmy Parker coming in from Red Bull. I don't think he's a game changer. <laughs> like, I don't think he's going to come into your defense and completely revitalize it, right? Um, but, you know, Zerk Ballantine has his moments as a, as a winger, and Tim Parker is definitely a much stronger center back. But, yeah, that attack is so hard to – to to pick from my understanding from my buddies in Houston is that Lasseter is probably going to get more minutes this year, which that I have no idea how that <laughs> that's going to go. Um, and then I agree with you about Darwin Quintero. He's he's got to reach a ceiling at some point, but man, he was hot last season. So um, yeah, it's it's kind of hit or miss. I think there's a lot of good choices to choose, but I just don't know how consistent they'll be. Like you said, Reed. So for me, this is a switcheroo team. Yeah. And we have our good friend, Todd Modisette, who is going to be writing our Houston article for us. And he is a former champion or at least he got, he won something. Todd won Reed. something. He's <laughs> Reed. I just want to point out, you talk about consistency and the irony of that, that this is the team that has Papa Pico and Maxi Arruti. Yeah. I mean, you can't say consistency and attack and have those two guys <laughs> on the team. I mean, that's it's it's consistent in that somebody is getting a goal or an assist somewhere, and it's just never. Yeah. It, it's not like it's you're going to get Carlos guy. Bella or Martinez be like these yeah, guys. Yeah. They're going to score. They have too too many go tos. There's no always at Houston. There's not an always always pickup or always captain, right? That's right. Speaking of Bella, Blaine, tell us about LAFC. Mm. Oh, LAFC. If Bella's back, yeah. If Bell is back and healthy, I mean, the sky's the limit with this team. The way he's been playing, um, I expected Rossi to be gone, but he is still here. Um, that, yeah, that surprises me. But um, losing Brian Rodriguez seems to hurt a little bit. Um, center forward, uh, do you put Vela up there? Do you what do you do? Um, do you go with Corey Baird who? played well enough for RSL if he's got a little bit better service if he's got Vela and Rossi beside him in a 4-3-3 I mean maybe he gets it done um this is going to be one of those elite teams and you've got the you've got the names that you know um other than that I just don't know if the defense is going to hold up a new keeper they didn't look good last year there were some question marks the year before I mean when you're when you're willing to let your number one keeper go like that you, you you always have questions i i i like some of the names but i just don't trust this defense but let's be honest if you're taking lafc you're probably grabbing rossi and vela if you can invest two forwards or you're grabbing atuesta and vela plus one more i mean you're really looking offense here so uh as far as it goes play fade or switcheroo i think you're pretty solidly in the play category here. You may switcheroo somebody like a Corey Baird if you can't afford both Rossi and Vela and see what happens in some of those. But yeah, I think this is a, when they've got a good matchup, this is a play too almost every week. Yeah, BWP's also gone as, as Shannon points out. He was clearly just a Vela placeholder to give us more attack. But yeah, they, they made some changes 
indeed. But I mean, I did read an article that said there could have been a big sell-off in LA this year, but because of so many impacts of COVID to revenues and teams across the world, they just didn't have the right buyers lined up. Yep. Anything to add? Yeah, I, I, I was going to say the same thing. I was, I was surprised to see Kay still there. I know he's made, made comments about wanting to go abroad. Um, I'm surprised to see a Tuesta made it through the window. Um, I think that that organization, like you just said, is going to hold out for, for big buyers for all three of those guys, including Rossi. But, um, you know, they're bringing back that same spine. And one thing we kind of forgot with Vela and we saw the, what, two games he was back at the end of last season, like Rossi's shown brightest without him. Right. Um, and so it'll be interesting. It'll be more of a 2019 look when they're both back and healthy together. So, that was always Captain Vela. Oh, look, Rossi did something well occasionally too. So <laughs> fantasy wise, I'm interested to see how they spread that out. You know, Rossi coming off a golden boot, amazing year. And then Vela back to ho- hopefully fitness and form. So um, it'll be interesting to see how they kind of split those points around. Cause yeah. Well, let's stay in Los Angeles, quote unquote, for those LA galaxy mm-hmm. fans out here. And Hard Ashley, <laughs> tell us about the, uh, LA. I mean, what an overhaul for the most part, right? Um, I feel like this is a team that kind of needed some changes like this. Um, I am a Greg Vanny fan. I know that might sound weird as a, as a founder fan who plays him every other year in MLS Cup, but um, I'm interested to see what he can come in and do with this team. He's already made some interesting findings. Um, you know, Jorge Villafania was always quiet from a fantasy perspective um, for the Timbers, but he's a good wingback and that LA galaxy system has really relied on the Felchers Arajos of the, you know, of the team. So I'm interested to see how he contributes. I feel like this is going to be my first hot take and it's probably going to blow up at me, but I could care less about Victor Vasquez at 34 coming to play for the galaxy. I mean, he's not Pavone. The fact that they couldn't get that Pavone deal figured out is beyond me. I'm sure there's a million reasons that we just don't know about, but I don't even know if he'll start. I think he's still got a lot in, maybe not a lot. I think he's still got something in the tank, but fantasy wise, that means just nothing to me really. Again, watch he'll like have the most genius season and I'll sit back and see it. But <laughs> I just, you know, he was for a long time a kind of a fantasy, not must, but you should think about. I do not see that happening at this team with this system. Who's their goalie? Not totally sure. I know they signed someone, but they go back and forth between goalies all the time. Um that back line you want to talk talk about a leaky back line in LA, it just must be in the water. Because, you know, the Galaxy couldn't buy a shutout last year um, or very much the year before. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, Araujo and Sarah's, I think, are good fantasy picks depending on the lineup. Um, a healthy JDS is massive for, for this team's selection offensively. Um, I would say he's you know, the one exception to your rule of defensive midfielders are garbage because JDS, while looking like a defensive mid, he picks up the bonus points that I didn't even know existed until I scroll all the way over in fantasy. Um, I He's coming off a year out, so I don't know that I like him right out of the gate. How Sasha Kleshin still starting is interesting to me. Um, I was one of those people going into Chitrito's first year where I was like, he's not going to score 10 goals. 
everyone picked him up, you know, wanted to pick him up and all those things. I just did not see him translating to, to MLS as well as some of the, his predecessors did. But if there's one thing I know about watching Chicharito over the years is he can get hungry. So it pains me to say it, but I actually think with the right people around him, which I'm not sure he has, that Chicharito might be a, a glimmer of the goal scorer that we've seen of him in, in other leagues this year. I did not think he would right out of the gate. Um, I just don't know if they have enough midfield pieces to really make that work for him because he does need the partnership. He's no Zlatan, right? I mean, Zlatan in fantasy was a gold mine. I hate that they ever let him go. It's fun to watch him where he's at, but, you know, I I see a little more out of Chicharito this year, but I still don't know if he breaks, you know, 10 or 15 goals. So we'll see. It just depends on the people around him. For he me, got, this is a switcher team. <laughs> he got one goal last year, so he – could pretty much only go up. Yeah, the ceiling is high. <laughs> uh, well, I will just say LA Galaxy is a fade for me because I do not know what's going on. Uh, Legit is probably the only legitimate person I'd, I'd even consider at this point. I will say for for Giovanni Dos Santos that I, I'd call him more of a box-to-box maybe than necessarily sure. a pure defensive midfielder. And that's if you've got some box-to-box, if you're getting some offensive chances, you're okay. I mean, yeah. you're, you're not like Valeri, you're not like Pavone, no. you're not like you're not like a lot of those guys. Um, yeah, he's somewhere in the middle, but right? he's able to like get there. Yeah, but those, I mean, we're talking about the Kyle Beckermans and things like that. Like those yeah. guys, Michael Bradley, garbage, absolute yeah. total garbage. Anything to add? The yellow card, right? I, if you like losing points, <laughs> get those guys. Yeah, yeah. I'm as weird as it is. I'm cautiously optimistic that this team will be better than last year, and I don't. I just, it's not hard. <laughs> no, it's not hard. It's just, I, you look at some of the names they've brought in. I like O'Neill Fisher, uh, a good player who can give you something both ends of the ball. Uh, defender, uh, I think he's wing back mostly, and just uh, solid defensively, can push forward. Um, Jorge Villafania is the same way. Uh, if you get the overlapping runs, you've got a lot there. Uh, adding Victor Vasquez to play with, Legit and Jonathan Dos Santos could be fantastic. It depends on if they want to push him out wide or if they want to keep him in the middle. I just, I, uh, on paper, this feels like a very defensive oriented lineup. JDS, Legit, you, you've invested some decent money into your defense. If they play a little more defensive style and stop worrying about trying to be the flashy LA teams that they've been in the past, um, I would trust. Fisher and Viafania to run out in a counterattacking style a little bit more, absorb some pressure. Those two guys can break with the best of them. You, I mean, just I see some pieces here that cautiously optimistic that there could be some real fantasy gold in there. If you get wingbacks that are playing heavy defense but breaking, their value shoots up really fast. Yeah. Um, and Araujo is going to be listed as a defender, and you could you probably will see him on the wing offensively more this yeah. season. I just I I feel like this is a solid switcheroo team to start the season. I yeah. there there's a a lot fewer question marks about who is going to play this year. You know where people are going to be. You know there's not going to be as much rotation. You've got some names that you can trust in the past. Viafania or O'Neill Fisher are great. West Coast late game, put them on the bench as a switcheroo option. See if they come in or put them in your lineup. They're they're one of those fallback guys, and they get decent bonus points. So I, I solid switcheroo team for me to start the season. I I just have that feeling that they're gonna 
be better and put something together here. All right, moving on to Minnesota again, uh, we have a, a great author, uh, Ari Hillman, one of our Patreon supporters who's writing an article for us. So it won't take too much. We should have checked his article out later on. Uh, but I will talk about some of the guys that stood out to me. Uh, former New England Revolution forward Juan Agadello is coming over to Minnesota. Not sure how that will work out. Uh, rough times fantasy-wise in New England forever mm -hmm. he's been there. Uh, so interested in seeing how how that works out for them. But someone to keep an eye on for sure. Uh, though top name from Minnesota, Robin Laud, 108 points in 2020. Still there. I think that's one of the names you're going to want to look at. Um, Emmanuel Reynoso, 80 points in 2020, another solid option there. Uh, John Gregus, 89 points in 2020. So this midfield, pretty good for, for Minnesota. Just look to see what that striker is going to be uh, for them. Uh, back on defense, some, some good options there. But uh, oh, Ramon Metinier is the one that tends to stand out because he's an attacking player and you have some good – I don't think his 2020 was – fantastic but 2019 he was awesome so i think um, he was hurt a little right he, he didn't play he, he every game for some reason i feel but yeah uh he tends to get expensive though that's the one bad thing there yeah. and then also uh dane st Clair at a goalkeeper had a great season one to keep an eye on he'll probably be reasonably be reasonably priced as far as goalkeepers go uh and i will mm -hmm. mention you had talked about lafc's keeper when i concerned it's it's not as bad as as defensive midfielders, but I don't think you really need to spend a lot on a goalkeeper. Find a solid keeper. Uh, the, the points between your top three keepers and like your next three or four, it's not usually a whole lot. So if you are in a tight a tight match, tight head to head, it, it could make or break. But I tend not to sweat too much about goalkeepers. But I think Dane St. Clair is pretty good. The biggest loss is is Molino is gone. Uh, that is a big hit. Mm -hmm. For them, but I think they still have some good pieces. For me, it's enough to want to play Minnesota uh, with some some great midfield options right there. Yeah, absolutely. They also um, lost Will. No, did they bring in Will Trap? They signed. Uh, Will they Trapp, they, right? they kept Will Trap. Yeah, they kept Will Trap. And, yeah. and I like Will Trap. It was always he's one of those players. Which he's Trap and Finley together yeah. again, right? Yeah, and so I know they kept maybe they kept Finley brought in Trap. I don't know. Yeah, they've got both of them, um, Finley, and I, I like those guys. Uh, but I think the main ones are going to be. Greg said yeah. I also like as a, as kind of a I don't know if we can call him a sleeper pick anymore, but Hassani Dotson when he starts is a really good switcheroo. Um he's getting the youth national team minutes now. He looked great in that game the other day, but he also had some great points towards the end of the twenty twenty season, very surprisingly for me. Um I have a lot of questions about Isopara that we can't answer here, so I'll yeah. just skip over that. Oh, yeah. Um but if that comes if he comes back in for some reason, I mean, this defense could just be lights out. So, yeah, I like Minnesota a lot. I think that they're a pick for me in a couple different positions most weeks, but not striker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, the one name we need to highlight a little bit more is Reynoso. Um, the way he finished, the way he finished last season, I and mean, he was a midseason transfer, I think, as well. Yeah, like um, if he plays the entire season this year, like he played last year hands down MVP winner. Like Vela would have to go off in order to beat him. <laughs> like it would, it will be an absolute fight for that MVP. Uh, and you, you can't say enough about that. That could be where your goals come from this year. I, I do worry yeah. about the forward situation a little bit, but Agadella has shown he can finish and 
you're looking at a stacked midfield where you can put um, Finley out wide. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just that's his spot. I I like Finley for that. I think he's going to be a starter with Molino gone. Um, another guy I like I just really like it here. Um, I I do want to touch on the Icopara piece. I know it'll be there. Um, another injury. He struggles to finish seasons and. I was hearing on the rumor mill last year a little bit that his return at all was somewhat in question. Yeah. I, I, I don't know that his injury is that bad. I don't know if he, his mindset's wrong. I, I hope he comes back. I love Ike. He's a great player, but a guy who's battled that many injuries. Um, and I don't know how bad this one was. It was bad enough that he decided to stop playing and then sat out the rest of the season I just I don't know what's what was wrong. I don't think we were ever really told what happened last year. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that it's as much an injury as it is an accumulation of all the injuries. I hope he comes back, but my my gut tells me it's not looking good. I haven't looked at any preseason results to even know if he's playing in preseason for them. I don't think he has, but don't quote me on that. I just that really that really brings this defense down a, a notch as a whole. I th- and I think that plays into the Metonair style as well. He and Ike played on the same side. And when he has Ike behind him, he can go and do and just run like crazy. Without Ike there, he's got to stay home a little bit more. He's got to be, be aware of what's going on behind him to a bigger degree. And I just I think that defense hinges on whether Ike comes back being elite or being just a good solid defense. And when when Ike's there and that defense is elite, this team can beat anybody in the league. Without Ike, it's a little bit more of a fight down, throughout the season. He's got a podcasting career now. Yeah, Benny Silent Ike. That's maybe that's what he's going yeah. to. All right, maybe. just so, just so everybody knows, I did Ashley dirty for this next one. <laughs> um, I made this list and she sent me a message and said, did you give me Portland on purpose? And I said, absolutely. So yeah. Ashley. Who knows them better than me, right? I, I, Ashley, I get it, I get it. Tell us about Portland. Uh, so, you know, we pay attention. First of all, the biggest improvement to the Portland Timbers is the beard from Chio. It is stunning. If you haven't seen it, please just look at their Twitter. Um, he looks amazing with that bald head and big beard, and I hope he doesn't shave it at all this season because it is amazing. Um, Schmetzer, you know, he's your dentist, right? So I really admire a good, bull, you know, looking coach like that. He looks fantastic. Um, Portland went, a, as they tend to do often, um, and signed a couple defenders. Um, com- in a completely unbiased opinion, I have stayed away from Portland defense for years. Um, and never regretted it. So they signed Bravo um, is a, is a player that they like a lot. They re-signed Mabiala, who I do think is a good defender. And then they brought in some guy named Van Rankin. I mean, it's improvements. Um, Steve Clark, I think is finally the main keeper. You know, they went back and forth a little bit, but last season he played the whole season predominantly. Um, So I'm interested to see what this back line looks like. Um, like I said, as someone who who pays a lot of attention because we play them a lot, I've watched them bring in different defenders and different players. They cycled through a lot last season. Um, and yeah, you know, they had an amazing run at the MLS's back tournament and then not a lot when the season restarted. Um, so if they can solidify that back line, I think Portland could be sneaky scary. 
Um, I know this is going to sound ridiculous, but I'm interested to see how they play without fans again um, and how that can impact some of these players for them. It's the stadium more than many. Um, and we watched it in Seattle too, where it just made an impact. Um, Blanco is going to be back. Um, I don't think right out of the gate. I could be, I could be wrong. I thought he was going to be back in the beginning of the season, but not right away. Um, he's 33 coming off that ACL tear. Um, Diego Valeri turns 35 this year. Um, those two players have been so amazing for this team. And I think a lot for fantasy, it just comes down to where they're at this season um, and what they've still got, you know, going on. Uh, Nisgoda is supposed to be back around mid season. Um, Felipe Mora and he were kind of a wash with fantasy. You never knew which one was going to start. Um, Bobasi was doing great in fantasy until he got hurt. Um, I hope he gets consistent minutes this year with Nisgoda out injured. Jeremy Bobasi is a fantasy player that I like probably as a starter, but definitely as a switcheroo option um, a lot. And then the midfield is just kind of hit or miss. Like you said, Reed, Diego Char is a, the definition of a defensive midfielder. Um, not someone I'm ever going to pick up. Also commits the most fouls in MLS over the last like two seasons, maybe more. <laughs> I don't know. He and Kyle Beckerman and Ozzy have been duking that one out year after year. So um, just someone I avoid. I enjoyed Gimme Chara from a fantasy perspective last year and just to watch him. So I think another year under his belt um, might be pretty, pretty interesting. He's someone I'm keeping my eye on. And then Eric Williamson, started out the last fantasy season at like base value and just went up slowly. Um, he also was kind of inconsistent with minutes, but I think that, you know, might just be Cervici. So if you can get a consistent weekly lineup out of Cervici, I think a lot of these guys are, are switcher options, maybe starters, but there's so much question mark around that midfield with just age and then fitness. So um, this team is a, a strong switcheroo for me, but I think they have some potential to just go off and you see the pain in my face when I say that. Yeah. Their defense is usually way too expensive for, for my taste of how I like to try to find some defenders, but yeah, lots, lots of good, good options there. Anything to add Blaine? I'm, I'm a little more on the fade aspect of this team. Uh, with, with Great. The, yeah. Um, <clears throat> Valeri's minutes were being regulated last year. They're they're yep. watching him. He's only going to play the big games. He may not go on all the road trips. He's not probably not going to play on turf very often unless it's a. He plays on turf at home. Yeah, well that's true too. But he, <laughs> I mean, home. it's just it, he's one of those guys that he's going to play the important games, and that's good or bad. I think this team is going to live and die by how fast some of the younger guys come on. Abobas he's going to have to carry the load. Uh, Williamson is going to have to feature this year. I do like Yimmy Chara. I think he's probably going into the season my top fantasy pick for the team. I just, oh, wow. I don't have high hopes for this team going into the season. Okay. I mean, that's just, I think Valeri when he plays is great, but you can't count on Valeri week in and week out. And I just, it's it's not against him. If he starts, he's probably a good inclusion. But in the back of my mind, I'm always going, is he one knock away from being down for the rest of the game? And yeah. that's not a knock on him or his toughness. It's just over the years, we have seen him get an injury and they pull him pretty yeah. quick. If he takes a knock, he's coming off the field. 34 is not old by any means, but he's playing more like you would expect a guy 37, 38 to play when he takes a knock. They're treating him like he is an older player. 
and that that worries me with this team. So I'm pretty much a fade on this team until I see how they how they go without Blanco or that Blanco starts the season, which I highly doubt, and is actually 100%. I just I, I can't see any way to trust it, given the typical prices we see for Portland players. Yeah. Okay, Blank, keep us going and talk about RSL, Real Salt Lake. Oh, talk about a team that did a full rebuild. No doubt. Yeah. I mean. Players and uh, culture. Yeah, Rusnak is back and Krylock is back, and that's about it for the guys. Are we done? Should we move on? <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, young, they've gotten younger. Um, Justin Gladnair and Herrera are both under 25, should be starters this year. Um, I've, I've trusted both of those guys for the past few seasons. They've got MLS experience. Those are guys you can go with. Um, I think this is going to be solidly a switcheroo team if they've got good matchups these are there are some great options here it's a decent mix of experience and youth here uh the guy i really i'm waiting on to see is rubio rubin i want to see what he can do i'm there's really not a better forward on this roster that i can see um so he's gonna play i mean that uh, a starting forward that could possibly be priced around seven, eight million. Um, I'm hoping he comes in that low because that's an awesome switcheroo option when you know he's going to start. Um, but given who he is, he could easily be at that nine mark. And at nine, he's a little bit harder, harder to go with. Um, I see some names here I like. I've trusted Marcelo Silva for a while. Donnie Toya was great for Montreal at times. Uh, could do really well in this system. I just I, I see a bunch of switcheroos here. I guess the other big one that I keep forgetting that is there is Justin Miram's there to play on the wing too. Uh, some yep. veteran leadership that you could somewhat rely on to bring the team up a little bit. But no, solid switcheroo. Uh, looks like in the middle of a rebuild. Um, mid-season, we may change our minds on this team and either really start playing them or fade them, depending on how the rebuild goes. Uh, a lot of promise, but definitely switcheroo for me. Hard fade. I say hard fade. They're practically an expansion yeah. team in my book. Uh, Rusnak is nowhere near where he was in, in 2019. Krylach uh, did not do very well at all. Uh, a name I will throw out there, another one to keep an eye on, though, Ramirez over on the, the right wing. I mean, that's I think that's a good option. They have Maram off on the left, but he's been super inconsistent the last few years, so they just don't have a lot going for them. Even at defense, I, I don't know what's going to happen. They have Glad, they have Herrera. Those are guys maybe you keep an eye on. Uh, but just with everything going on in RSL, I mean, it's just hard fade for me. I, I think it's it's just a mess right now. Yeah, I'm I'm fading as well. I, I don't have anything else to add on top of what you guys said. I think there's some names that are possibilities, but generally this is a fade for me. Uh. Patrick added that he could tell from my facial reaction that that's what I was going to say about RSL. So if you are listening to the podcast, check out the YouTube if you want to uh, get some some hey, nonverbal cues. Reed, I'm just channeling my inner Jason. Somebody's fine. No, we got to. I mean, I've done that ever since he left. I don't know why I hate RSL, but I've always been kind of favorable to him since Jason left. Channeling your inner Jason homework for, for sure. Uh, San Jose, uh, pretty simple here with San Jose. Um, kind of weird they they have some they're high and low as a team with with this whole like like full court press kind of attitude they they bring to it uh tapping some march madness right now chris wondolowski i think is still one of the the players you're going to look at as a go-to but 
for anybody new, you've got to really ask yourself, is he going to be a 90 minute guy? Um, he had 64 points in 2020, which wasn't too bad, uh, but he's still, he's still making it happen. Likely his last season. Uh, I think the last season would have been his last season if it was not 2020. Yeah. So he's um, gone out. Yeah, this is it. So, but so they'll definitely give him options. He'll be had not options opportunities. He'll get opportunities because they want him to go out with the bang. Uh, but he's, I really don't see him going full nineties consistently. Uh, I will say that I like the new midfield. They had a whole midfield changeover. Yeah. Like Paco's gone. Lots of things. Lots of things happened in San gone. Jose. Yeah, yeah. Lots of stuff's happening in San Jose. Um, they brought in a 26-year-old Mexican midfielder, Eduardo Chapas Lopez. Uh, I think he's mm -hmm. going like Chapas maybe in the system. Um, and uh, that's what to keep an eye on. I think he's got some goal-scoring potential. Just have to see mm -hmm. what happens to him. Espinoza did really well for them last year, 110 points uh, over on the wing. They're they're a pass slash switcheroo for me. I just I just don't know what to expect from San Jose. They really frustrated people at the beginning of 2020, and then people kind of figured out how to play against this this high pressure man mark system, and it didn't quite work as well. I think Chapas played in this system before. I think he comes mm -hmm. out of Chivas. So uh, I think that's that's going to be okay for him to integrate in. But pass switch, um, they have some some good moments, but but that's about what I see for for San Jose. Anything you guys want to add? I uh, I didn't help, but I edited because I'm an English major. Uh, my husband wrote the fantasy article for this team um, as a team we we like to pay attention to, and and we played a lot. Um, and the goalkeeper position for fantasy is one that's interesting for me here. Uh, Vega was relegated at some point last season and I didn't see why in the sense that I don't know I don't know what happened That's um point, yeah. he was a yeah he was a big you know kind of bonus point keeper he didn't always get a shutout but he always got bonus points um and and pulled a lot of shutouts out that you didn't always expect and I know I'm gonna say this one wrong but Marcinkowski was a 4.0 either five goals in or shut out for four straight <laughs> games type of a keeper last year and I, I I don't know that I trust the San Jose defense, but their keeper situation was really interesting fantasy wise last year because both those guys would get bonus points. So even if you didn't get a shutout, you usually got more than the two. So I'm keeping an eye just there. I don't love the defense, so I'm not paying attention to that. Um, but I'm also interested. Espinoza is someone in fantasy. I mean, even on the pod, we sleep on him. I feel like, I feel like no one really talks about him as much, no, right? but his point production is insane. Even when Spencer wrote it, I was like, double check. I think you wrote that number down. Wrong. <laughs> so, I know, right. I, you know, I, I think that he's someone to pay attention to. Um, and, and the one I'm fading so hard on is Judson. He is just a red card every game waiting to have, especially if you watch. If you watch that guy play, he's just asking for it. So I agree that San Jose is a is a switcheroo team. You just don't know what they get. They're, like I said, they're going to let five goals in or they're going to score four. So it's just so hard to, to keep track of. So they're switcheroo for me until they decide who they want to be. <laughs> uh, we had a question in chat. Sorry, go ahead, Blake. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. To start the season, I'm only on two names, really. Um, Vega, because I want to see his price. Um, if he's, he's not going to start, if he's not going to start, then then it's Marcinkowski, and I'm done, and I'll pass on that. Okay. Like, <laughs> like, but no, I want to see Vega's price. Like, yeah, if Marcinkowski has some problems and Vega gets to come in, I think there could be some rotation there. If Vega starts at a four, four point five, or five, I mean, you're talking, 
insane value there for a guy who has shown he can do it. That's great. And the other guy I keep an eye on as a switcheroo is Youngworth. He can go off. Um, other than that, I don't trust anybody. I know we sleep on <laughs> Espinosa and I'm going to sleep on him again. Okay. But I want to know what this midfield's going to do around him. Um, yeah. I think Espinosa's numbers are a benefit from having nobody around him to take the ball. Yeah. What's uh, what's his name? The one that left last year. Rocco and Erickson left. Erickson, yeah. When Erickson was there, Espinosa's numbers weren't so high because sure. Erickson Erickson put in a lot of good work, and that team never really recovered from that. Um, you put Fierro in there as a midfielder. You put the uh, who was the other one? Uh, Lopez in there. That that's going to eat into er, Espinosa's numbers. It just it has to. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I don't trust teams that are going through that type of rebuild and that type of flux in midfield until we see who's going to step up and prove that they can score those points consistently. I have to pass. So I expect Espinosa to come down to earth a little bit. You, you either have to be really, really good Zlatan on a bad team, or you have to be just benefiting from having nobody around you. And I don't think Espinoza is one of those Zlatan on a bad team taking advantage of it. He's benefiting from getting all the balls funneled through him. And a couple of names mentioned in chat. I'll just highlight real quick before we move on. Uh, Jackson Ewell, Shannon mentioned him. Uh, he's he's okay. Uh, he had a great 19, uh, 2019. His 2020 wasn't as good with some of these new midfield options. I'm not mm-hmm. sure what his production is going to be. So I he was expensive with too, right? Yeah. And I remember like he was just more expensive than he should have been for his. Yeah, he, he was 70 points and it just a little yeah. bit of name recognition. So I think that's some of the name tags there. And then uh, we had a comment from Great Space uh, talking to us um, about Carlos Fierro. And um, yeah, I, I think he's another solid. He's a young 24 year old. He's played yeah. under. Um, Almeida. Almeida before I think maybe maybe both he and Lopez played under Almeida. Almeida's brought in a bunch of guys who have played under him before, yeah. so they know his system. Um, yeah, I feel the same way about him. He's he's got some good potential. They've got some good pieces around there. I just I, I that's why I'm just not sure about them. But I don't want to say yeah. pass on. That's why I'm not saying hard pass automatically. They've got some guys that are yeah. familiar with Almeida. They're, they're young. They've got some potential. I'm like, okay, maybe I could go on a flyer sure. with one of these guys and switcheroo. Um, but no, I, I think I think he's another one on the left wing that that could be yeah. could be a good option. Uh, Ashley, your Seattle Sounders. Yes, thank you so much. Um, this is a weird year, guys. So Jordan Morris killed himself playing for Swansea. Um, he's out for at least the rest of this season, possibly the beginning of next. Um, and then Rui Diaz isn't even in the country yet. So apparently he's Bruin, bringing home a green Bruin, card Bruin, Bruin. With, with him. So, you know, we have a lot of question marks going into this season from a team and fantasy perspective. So Nico Leggero is Nico Leggero and you can continue to pick up Nico Leggero. So just go ahead and add that to your list. Um, Stefan Fry is too expensive for the lack of shutouts. I, I had this in my article. I think we only had four last season um just not worth it particularly a lot of the defenders that you like to pick up in fantasy 
um, for their offensive points are gone. Kelvin Leardom is gone. He's at Seattle 2.0 with David Beckham. Jovan Jones is gone. He went to the same Seattle 2.0 with David Beckham. Um, so the, the fan, I call it a fan favorite and I think it's outside of the state of Washington, but new who somehow is still here. Um, there's rumors every year that he's going to leave and he never does. Um, and he is crazy, but when he produces, he produces, he should be, they're toying with the lineup. You've under Brian Spencer, you've seen the exact same lineup every time. Um, it positionally, but it looks like they're going to go with a three back, which is something I haven't seen from the founders before. Um, we did it in playoffs last year, a little due to injury. Um, but they're looking at a three back with, uh, Gomez Andrade, uh, knew who and then and uh ariaga don't ever pick up ariaga just a general advice um but it looks like new who and brad smith might be playing underneath each other and i could see a lot of good offensive points for new who in that overlap situation i don't know how healthy brad smith is he should be listed as a defender and i doubt he'll ever really start there um so that's something to keep your eye on uh john Powell, joe paolo is usually more expensive than he's worth and also should be sitting back in a more um, defensive role this year without Jordan on that wing. Same with Christian Roldan. Christian Roldan was a lot of people's kind of sleeper pick when they couldn't afford Nico. Um, And his point production is just not the same in the middle as opposed to out wide. Uh, So he's someone that I'm fading on as far as, you know, picking up consistently. Um, And then Kellen Rowe has joined the team after talking garbage about Seattle for years, even though he's from this area. Um, So that's cool. I don't know if he'll start. I know I've seen a lot of things, you know, on MLS.com and stuff say that they think he might Um, based on what we're doing in preseason. I don't know that he's going to, Um, I think you're going to see, here you go read a lot more of Bill Bruin and Freddie Montero is apparently a name we say again. Um, we all just forgot to play for the White Caps for several seasons, and we're so happy he's home. Um, I am, and I, I don't even feel good about saying it, but I am sleeping on Freddie Montero big time. Um, I'm happy he's here. I think he can be a great leadership alternative when Rui Diaz gets called up for Peru because he does most of the summer. He's Rui Diaz isn't going to be in your lineup probably, um, but Montero and Bruin combined are not equivalent to Raul Rui Diaz um, on his own. So, you know, this is a team that at the start of the season, I would go Nico and leave it. Um, I'm not switcheroo in this team. I will, I will play this team foolishly, um, but not until they figure out what the formation is going to look like and where in the world is Raul Rui Diaz. So um, all indication is that he's going to be back in time, but he hasn't been with the team he's not playing. So I don't anticipate him that at least the first game, maybe the first couple. Um, but when he's in, man, Rui Diaz is a, as consistent of a goal scorer as you can get. So um, always have Nico, no matter how expensive he gets. Um, and then kind of just wait and see on everyone else is my opinion. I'm dating myself, but anybody else have that? Where in the world is? Tom in San Diego. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, no, we got that right there. Come on, Ashley. Everyone knows that Seattle doesn't start playing until around 27 anyway. So, yeah, you're good. Join us then. Blaine, you had something to add? That was pretty good. You answered my question because I was going to ask do you play Nico 
if you're starting Montero without Rui Diaz or if yeah. you haven't started, like, because there's no Jordan Morris to provide that service off the wing. Mm -hmm. You've lost yeah. a lot of your speed that opens up space in the midfield. You're going to mm -hmm. see teams be able to pack it in more in the middle because they're not having to account for Jordan Morris. I really, I really wonder if we're going to see Nico come down to earth a little bit and be a little bit closer to the other premium midfielders. When Nico takes free kicks, PKs, and corners. When you have a 10 yeah, that gold, takes them to see, yeah. he also is the most fouled player in MLS over the last three seasons. That on its own, I just gave you four bonus points. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that may that may be the case. I hear uh, what you're I, saying though, for sure. But yeah, like we, because we've we've overlooked Jordan Morris at times. He's so boomer bust, but what he does for the midfielders around him, what he does creating mm -hmm. space for everybody else. I I want to see what that ripple effect is on the team. And when you start talking Christian Roldan or Kellen Rowe as your next big attackers with Rui Diaz out, that really makes me nervous on are they just going to double team Ladero all the time and let one of these other guys float a little more? Like what's this going to do? Cause we've seen teams do that to groups that have single midfielders. I know that used to be right. a tactic against Valeria in Portland. You double team Valeria and let somebody else beat you and they struggled. At yeah. times. I can see that happening to Seattle. Some this year is they just, yeah. they try to take Ladero out. And then where does this team go without Rui Diaz? And that, I, I struggle with that. That's why I wanted to get your input on that. Yeah, I mean, the formation change is going to be make or break for fantasy and for the Thunders too, right? So going with this three-back, if that's what they're sticking with, that's what they've done in preseason almost every game. Um, so it puts the, the three in the back with the two wingers, and that's assuming Alex rolled on fits on that right-hand side, which I don't know if he does. And that's assuming Brad Smith can stay healthy because there's no one to replace him if he doesn't, except for Nuhu, who's already starting in the back line. So I think it'll be a more central team, and you're right, that might not favor Nico, but I actually feel like that two-striker system with the intensity of Bill Bruin and also – who knows about Montero? I'm very blah about it, but most Sounders fans aren't, so I'm probably wrong. Um, I think that having a true – two striker system for Nico could actually benefit him. Um, and again, a, a lot depends on when Rui gets here. So first, like Reed said, first couple weeks, they're not going to show up anyways. They never did, but first, um, first 20 games, first, first, 20 yeah, games. first 20 games. That's fine. We catch up. Um, sure. I I'm still going with Nico, even with this new system, but I'm interested to see what it looks like because teams have figured out how to play Seattle in the past. And this is not that same system. All right, Blaine, Sporting Kansas City. Oh, I've, I've got emotions on this one. This is one of those um, weird ones. Like, there's there's just been this wave of relief with signing uh, Nicholas Ismat Marin. We finally have an athletic center back to replace Ike Opara. It only took two seasons to get one, but we got one finally. How long do you think I'll get it forward? <laughs> 20 oh, years. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, this defense, I'm hoping we'll be back. Um, one of the things watching this team for so long, when they had Colin, he ran around like a madman. 
and covered a lot of ground and made up for guys being out of position. When Colin left, we brought Ike in. He did it. When we lost Ike, nobody did that, and this defense fell apart. Like, absolutely fell apart. 19 and 20 were some of the worst defensive performances we've ever had. Like, 19, I think, was epically bad. So, I I have... I have high hopes for this team going forward defensively. Um, midfield is uh, stacked with depth, but I don't know who starts. Uh, I say Gotti Keen is probably the only lock to start. Busio's in a dogfight for the eight or ten with Kinda, and what one of those two could start. But then you've got Roger Espinoza, who is um, tearing it up in preseason. Yeah, he hit a. Uh, upper 90 banger from outside the box. Like he's 34 years old and we have been fans have been saying, Oh, he's going to retire. He's going to retire. And every time he comes back, we, we signed somebody to replace him. He stepped his game up another level. Um, Not saying he's going to produce in in the regular season. He never does. He always puts him over the crossbar, but again, he's fighting for his spot. Um, Ilya Sanchez did not look good last year. Um, Remy Walter has come in. And I expect him to start, but he's more of your six eight. So who knows what he's gonna do? We just we've got about six midfielders for three spots, and nobody knows who's gonna play any given week. So watch the lineups, and I. And then that leaves you with your two pretty much. If you want to play them, play them. Um, Johnny Russell and Alan Polito. Those are your two guys that you can pretty much bank on starting every game that they're healthy. Polito does do international duty and Mexico has been calling him up pretty consistently lately. That was his goal when he came here was to get back to the national team. And he's done that. So, but those two guys, Polito was one of the more productive players in fantasy last year by minutes played. He didn't play a lot. He got hurt, but when he played, his numbers were off the charts. Good. Um, I expect that to continue. Uh, And then Johnny Russell's there. And then the, other fun name to throw out this year is a kid by the name of Wilson Harris. Uh, first preseason game, he dropped a hat trick in 30 minutes. Um, he is he is going to be a five million or under forward. He's coming out of the academy, um, but everything is pointing to him being the backup to Polito. Uh, Kyrie Shelton's the other guy that's on the depth chart to play center forward. But with the way Harris has shown in preseason, I fully expect him to be the backup going into the season because our left wing situation is Kyrie Shelton and then Daniel Shallowy, which I don't think anybody wants to rely on that. So I think we'll take our chances with the kid at center forward. So at under $5 million, um, if you've got the extra money and just want to stash him on the bench, that's not a bad option for that cheap if, he's a, if he gets a sub cameo, which he very possibly could especially to start the season because uh, Pulido took a knock and missed the second Mexico game, their second friendly, and he is coming back without having played, or I think he's got, he'll be back for one preseason game, and that's all he's going to have to start the season. So he's not going to be in full fitness, and he hasn't played since I think October 28th. So he has been out. Yeah, yeah, he has been off the field for a while. So Wilson Harris is that start the season shout out that, Keep him in mind because Polito may be a 30, 60 minute guy to try to get back into fitness. And Wilson Harris could be 5 million player that's out there a lot. And with all the weapons that are around him, he should get some pretty good service. 
All right. Well, let's wrap this thing up with uh, mm-hmm. Ashley's Cascadia trifecta with Vancouver. Sweet. Should I say more? Is that it? Is that enough? I mean, I'm kidding. I'll keep going. <laughs> they dropped a couple million on a right back. They have Ali Adnan, who's fantastic. Um, but this defense at the end of the day is leaky. Um, I'm interested to see where the right back, I think his last name's Gasper, um, where he fits in price-wise, because Adnan carried the offensive load on that wing. Um, So to see somebody on the other side who supposedly is just as good, um, I'm intrigued. I am not starting either of them, but I'm intrigued. I was big on Cavallini and I don't, I don't even want to say he, he didn't live up to those expectations, but he plays for Vancouver. If you put that striker on a lot of other teams, he would produce in fantasy like crazy. So this midfield is not better um, than it was last season. This defense looks a little better um than it was last season i like their keeper situation for the most part um but for the most you know their keeper situation i think is a lot similar to san jose where you're not going to always get shutouts but you should get bonus points um so you know they just they don't have a number 10 they don't have someone to put that midfield together um everyone they brought in to be that person hasn't worked so this is a team I'm fading on possibly forever, um, but at least for the start of the season until we see what those wingbacks are contributing, if if anything. Yeah, and the only reason Adnan really even makes the list sometimes, for those of you who might be new, is that he he can be on some set pieces and PKs and things mm-hmm. like that. So he's, he's a defender that, that has that opportunity sometimes. So sometimes, yep. sometimes. Yeah, he's uh, a I great have... wingback, but... I want to apologize to all of our all of our Vancouver followers and listeners because what I said in chat was is, is there something below fade that I can select for Vancouver? No, I, uh, yeah, it's I, it's rough. No, it's rough. Yeah, Vancouver's a rough a rough shot. See, Reed, and I'm, I'm in, also sorry, real quick. Where are they going to be located out of? Also, right. So all the I think we haven't talked about that yet because there's this is the only Canadian team. All the Canadian teams are not able to play home games necessarily. Right. There's that whole stipulation about how they're going to be able to travel. Am I wrong? Did that? Yeah. So, right. So I'm interested to see how that plays in for them overall. So while that's still a factor, I'm definitely fading because they don't even have a home home at the moment. See, Reed, I liked your I liked your comment. Do we have something lower than fade? But I look at it a little differently. This is a run for your life team. (laughs) <laughs> and that's not a that's not necessarily a knock on them. Uh, the way I've watched them the last few years, they tend to play at the level of their competition a little too much. They sure. they when you've got those games because this is a defense I actually like. There's some names back there that have mm-hmm. played really well, and Eric Godoy being one of those headliners. Like I like him as a defender. He has got fantasy value. I've used him in draft multiple times, multiple seasons. I mean it's. I, I like this defense. They have put it together. But when they play those teams, when you think they should really get a clean sheet, they allow a goal or two. They just, they blow up that clean sheet. And then going forward, you've got Cavallini. This year, they've got Tassant Ricketts. Russell Tybert's there. This is a team that 
when you're betting against them, not scoring a goal, they go drop three on your on your defense that you picked yeah. up against them. This is a team that can play with the best of them or can absolutely fall apart with the worst of them. And that makes them so hard to pick, but it makes them so hard to pick against too, because yeah, the last man. thing you want is to grab a defense thinking, oh, I'm going to double up here, get a clean sheet, and then have Cavallini drop a hat trick on you. Right. Because it's it's totally possible with the way this team plays, and it makes me so mad. And so I just say run for your life. I, I look at the Vancouver games, and unless it's LAFC playing against them or something like that, it, yeah. it's definitely a – I don't even like picking against them anymore. Yeah, and Shannon makes an interesting point in, in chat that – that home and away didn't matter as much last year. Um, sure. I'm really totally. interested in seeing how that plays out this year, because historically, when you talk about the home field advantage across sport, uh, major league soccer has had the most real statistical numbers to, to back that up of home field really means something in major yeah. league soccer. And it was weird last year. I think it's all about COVID course. So it'll, I, I'm really interested to see how that, how that plays out for, for 2021. All right. Well, everybody, thank you for sticking with us. Uh, these these early preview episodes always run long because we try to just give you a, a decent snapshot, again, for all the new players and returning players of, of who to look at. Just a quick, quick shot. Uh, but, but that's what we have for tonight. Again, if you are interested in supporting us through Patreon, please head over to patreon.com slash MLSFI. We'll have more authors heading over to MLSFancyBoss.com. Those articles are going to start trickling out over these next few weeks as we gear up for the season. Uh, so yeah, just happy to be back. Happy to have you all as part of our community. Ashley, what would you like to plug? Uh, I'd love to plug Switch the Pitch. Um, we are gearing up to get ready for this season as well, covering different teams, covering different games, um, all female staff, all female writing, just bringing a female perspective to the men's league. So give us a follow on Twitter and check out some of the articles we've got coming up uh, as, soon, as soon as the season kicks off. Lane. Um, I'm going to plug the discord again. That is a great community of people over there. I got more involved in it late last year. And especially in the off season, I made some good friends in that group. Um, going to go ahead and put the challenge out there. We need a membership drive. Uh, the sporting fans in there kind of run the show at times. And there's a good Cascadia tingent or contingent, but they're just not, they don't, they're not as vocal. Um, go drown us sporting fans out, get in there, get involved. <laughs> Um, I know you'll, you'll make everybody else happy. Our, our sporting fans are fine. We love talking about our team, but we need, we need some more active people over there. So get out there. It's some great stuff. Um, James Ballow, who is in charge of the game this year, I think um, he, he pops in every once in a while and says something. I know he's in chat tonight. Hi, James. We appreciate everything you do. And if you want to be involved, James, James really did take our, our suggestions to heart. He listened to the community this year. Um, go get on discord because he's over there doing, doing the work there. He's reading what comes out and he is listening to the, to our feedback in the discord and asking questions too. So get on discord. That's where the game is really growing. And it's just the, one of the best communities I've been in in a long time. Yeah, we have some more offerings at just MLS there. Of course, we have, uh, we're focused on, on Major League Soccer in the fantasy game, but we also have some DraftKings content. We have content for Predict 6, MLS's uh, other little little fantasy game that's pretty mm -hmm. fun. Uh, then there's even some stuff for, for Bundesliga Fantasy, and we partner with Total FPL for, for some uh, EPL coverage as well there, and, and there's also NFL. But 
uh, that even for Patreon members, we have a little special Patreon club that I'm trying to get going where you all have only access there for, for talk with us. And uh, for those of you longtime listeners, we have our little fun Star Wars cantina side chat going on as well. So it's a great community, lots of options to interact and just fun. So yeah, Discord is very awesome. Uh, but again, thank you so much, everyone, for listening to us tonight. Uh, check out the Discord, check out MLSFantasyBoss.com. And of course, we'll have this up on uh, SoundCloud within maybe tomorrow. Might give me next day. This is a big podcast. But again, thank you so much for joining us tonight. And